This holiday season is upon us, which means if you're anything like me, you like hosting classy holiday soirees and get-togethers, or you need to drink just to deal with your family. Either way, there's only one stop you should be making, and that's Riverside Wine and Spirits. Riverside Wine and Spirits. It's the place. They have the area's biggest selection of wine, liquor, and craft beer. But the fun doesn't stop there. They have a grower filling station with rotating taps. They have mixers for even the most obscure cocktails. They even have cheese, classy cheese. It's also a great place to get you or someone else a gift of some kind. So come on, get classy at Riverside Wine and Spirits. Riverside Wine and Spirits. Holy shit. So, Rogue One was awesome. If you've not seen it yet, turn this shit off right now and go. Because A, it kicks ass. But B, we will spoil it for you. I'm telling you that right now. We talk all about Rogue One this episode and we will spoil it for you. So, go see Rogue One before you listen to this. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, as far as beer goes, uh, we thought it'd be neat to get back to, to Jared and... Alan's origins here. So they brought some Maryland beers, uh, some pretty good stuff. We got some Flying Dog, some Old Dominion, some tasty stuff they brought. And uh, so yeah, I'm gonna shut up so we can get to Rogue One because it's exciting stuff. So here is episode 44 of the Brew Chat Podcast. Rogue One. No, but yeah, so we're doing Maryland beers tonight. Yep. Which is, the reason we're doing that is you guys are from there. Yeah, yeah we were so talking it, about it last week. Yeah, it only makes sense. Yeah. So nah, it's all good. I brought down, so the ones I brought, I brought down about a dozen, but doing all those in one show would be ludicrous, so to mm-hmm. speak. So we have two flying dogs, which is the brewery Maryland is most famous for. And then we have a Fordham and Old Dominion. Which are kind of under the same umbrella and the oldest brewery in Maryland. Hmm. Old Dominion? Yes. Yep. How old? Dominion. old? Mm. Um, like colonial days, I believe. Pretty old. Yeah. I mean, Maryland Shit. is one of the 13 colonies, so yeah. if it's the oldest one in Maryland, it's got to have some... Mm-hmm. Some clout. Yeah, some age to it. That's right. They also make their own root beer, which is amazing. It's mm. It very much is. Yeah. Like, yeah, a beta root beer is the only root beer I've ever had that even comes close so I have, for Flying Dog, I have an Imperial Porter and a Pale Ale. And for the Fordham, I have a Copperhead Ale, which is a nice... It's probably one of the only Copper Ales I know that's known as a Copper, where they are... It's like a style that's kind of like Porter and Stout, where it gets lost in the middle, but hmm. it's like somewhere in between Red and Amber, but if you're a Copper Ale, you're super proud of it. And their seasonal Baltic Porter. Hmm. Um, and I worked with a uh, brewery restaurant group, the Ramshead Group, years ago, and they had a deal with Fordham and Old Dominion where, like, Ramshead didn't brew beer, but they were the ones that were known for serving these beers. Hmm. So based on what we got lined up here, I say we start with the Flying Dog Doggy Style Pale Ale. 
And all, all right. the art oh, on these bottles is done right. with like a Hunter S. Thompson-esque yeah. sort of art oh, style yeah. to it. Yeah, them. it's very like Gonzo and kind of stuff. This, this one straight up says Gonzo. Yeah, that yeah. one's called the Gonzo. And this brewery yeah. is in Frederick, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And we did a tour there years ago, Jared and I. Yeah, I we did. We did a um, tour in Frederick, yeah. I can't tell you what happened on it because I just got wrecked. I wasn't on the Flying Dog Tour. Oh, you missed it? Yeah, I missed it. I wasn't Lame. there for that. Okay, That's well, I right. wish I could tell you about it, but... This is a good color. We went with some people who didn't drink beer, so they gave us their extra taster bottle yeah. caps. And they had, like, I back in that day, I was going by, like, biggest bang for my buck. So when they had these barley wines and their Imperials on there, I was like, let me get tasters of those. Mm. And I was... I was easily legally blind through the tour like (laughs) we got we got pretty wrecked that's good i like that they're usually known it's a much different pale ale it is it's got that maryland water Mm. one of their flagship beers is their raging bitch which is something people love to come in like arrogant bastard people love to come in there and order just so they can say that name and have an excuse for it <laughs> right like the businessmen you know right to work oh i'll have an arrogant bastard uh, you're an arrogant <laughs> bastard ted how <laughs> you want an arrogant <laughs> bastard as a server you're like all right i get it like you just love saying that so yeah. i'll have Business. a raging bitch uh, meeting you want one of those no i got one of them at home <laughs> <laughs> you know white guy talk yeah that's my white locker voice. room talk. That's yeah, what yeah, locker room. Oh, talk. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's locker room talk now. Thanks. Yeah, this is. It's pretty damn tasty. This is good. It's very crisp. Mm-hmm. My mother had commented. Um, she picked us up from the airport and we went straight to the liquor store because priorities. Mm. Right. And she commented on like, I just love watching you try and pick out these beers because <laughs> I'm going up and down the aisles like it's the Wonka factory. <laughs> and I didn't realize this, but. You know, I've been out of Maryland for about five or six years, and surprise, in that time, a lot of the label art has changed. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking around, like, I know, like, you know, my mother was like, what are you looking for? And I'm like, I'll know it when I see it. There's so many, but I'll know it when I see it, except I couldn't see it because <laughs> all the art was different, <laughs> as, you know, businesses are wont to do. <clears throat> but I did. We picked up, uh, and we'll have some more on here, we picked up about, about 12. Hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah, nice. I'm excited then, yeah. We could have a couple Maryland episodes. Maryland's got some damn good beers, too. How did... I brought one or two before. I brought the... Yeah. Uh, that was a flying dog as well. It was the um, Dead Rise, I think, and it was the the Old Bay something, Summer Ale. If it was Old Bay anything, it had to be out of Maryland. Yeah. I think hmm. it was the flying dog. How did the, uh, the liquor laws up there compare to here? You can't buy beer in gas stations. Or grocery uh, stores. Or grocery stores. Where do you buy it? Liquor stores? Yes, but unlike down here, at least it's all in the same place. There's no division, yeah. but once it's considered alcohol, hmm. it's all there. So when you need to do a booze run, you're only going to your one place. You're going to the booze shop. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, got, it's got anything it's from moonshine down to Bud Light. It's all in the hmm. same spot. Which what, is, what, are the, what are their hours run like? Are they open Sundays? Yeah. They're open I Sundays? Think so. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Rodman's was. Open past 11? Yeah. Rodman's was open on Sunday. That it, was like a convenience it varies. store shopping. They have They have more open on Sundays, but you can't... It's your one-stop booze shop, usually. So anything alcohol-related, you'll get at one spot. But you're not going to get... I mean, you might get some snacks there, but you're not going to get... 
everything for a cookout. Like you might get a bag of chips, but if you're trying to do a summer cookout, you're not getting your hot dogs or your burgers or buns or any of that. Mm. Now they they're at least smart enough to put them in the same shopping center, so you might not have to move your car. Mm. Yeah. So there do, are, there are so do they have do they have liquor stores that are open? Really Late, because I mean, I, I know we've been there trying to make that like 1 a.m. beer run before the gas stations close. They have, it, it depends on the business. They have a few. I know of, from many years of borderline alcoholism up there, <laughs> I know there are a few that are open till 1 or 2 or some obscene hour. And and everyone is there, um, because we all know which one in Dorsey Search is open until super late. Um but yeah, they. Yeah, I wish. It's one of the things I love down here is at least there is a gas station open, rain, sleet, or snow, so I can get beer down here in Tennessee anytime, twenty four seven. There's not a twenty four seven beer place that I can think of off the top of my head in the central Maryland, Howard, Montgomery County area. No. But down here, I can get a 30-pack of something cheap if I really need to. Yeah. at 3 a.m. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. even that, I mean, there's some gas stations here like, uh, well, yeah, they're not open, but the Gatto Gallon down here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've got yeah. some, you know, decent beers in there. They do. You know, yeah, so. You can get... And th- that's even going to change because now all these places, Harry's by my place, by here... Yeah, um, I'm once, glad you brought this up because I wanted to bring this up. Yeah, because next year the law is changing. I know we mentioned mm-hmm. that on here before, but we're gonna have up to 10 percent is gonna be low gravity. Yeah, which even in my head is a little ridiculous. And yeah. that's something that surprised me down here is that originally, you know, a couple years ago, Riverside had it split where I could go into the one side, you know, for my liquor and wine and high gravity beers, but if I went to the small side. It was all the quote-unquote regular beers. But if I wanted one of those Belgian Abbey Ales, and I'm like, oh, they just don't have this shit here. And they're like, no, you need to go right next door because that's considered high gravity. Like the split in beers and alcohol level was unusual to me. Mm-hmm. And I can't say if Maryland is normal or Tennessee is the normal way, but it was it was yeah, a bit of a culture well, shock. Well, neither, neither like, is because well, it's in, the government in, telling us yeah. when, when we can't drink. In Virginia, you can get beer in a gas station as well can you get any beer like i don't know you i mean you can't get like, like you couldn't get your arrogant bastard to you know in call a gas it back. station no. well i'm saying you had to go next door to the liquor side probably to get your high gravity mm. beer yeah. um no actually i think in virginia you can get wine in some gas stations maybe some so maybe all the beers okay i don't there. know laws are changing all over the Wait, damn what's place. the limit in uh maryland like the legal limit, like because here, I mean, it's changing to ten. Oh, it, Maryland, it's if it sells alcohol, it sells any alcohol. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. But if you're, you know, a, a grocery store, they don't have bylaws or Publix up there. They have Giants and Safeways, but you're not getting any booze there. Yeah, the best you can get is cocktail onions. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, you yeah. can get the mixers. You can't even get like Boone's Farm or no, no, no. Mad you can get the completely virgin Cuervo mixers and right. pina colada mix, and then go next door to the liquor store. Yeah, you're not going to get the mm. pre-made drinks at all unless you're in a liquor store already. Well, that's no fun. It was none it, at all. It's all right. You that, get used to it. it, it yeah, it's that, just different because so you're like me, yeah. once you go to the once you're in the booze store, it's all there. You don't need to remember which one you're in and what kind you can get it. Once you hit alcohol, you've hit alcohol. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mm-hmm. guess 
I'm imagining it the way our liquor stores work because I've pretty much function that way down here like i'll go you know to riverside wine and spirits <laughs> right um shout out or you know wherever but uh yeah i the only time i'm at a gas station buying beer is if i'm getting just something to drink and i don't really care what it is mm. yeah but if i'm buying beer you know i'm yeah. gonna go somewhere you where i've got a choice it. so i'm going to the liquor store anyway but you know pretty much 11 to 11 are their mm. hours and that's yeah. if they're generous with their hours that's yeah. what they legally can have and so, then not on Sunday. Yeah, and then not on Sunday, and not on holidays. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but that yet, may that may be a United States wide thing. I'm not sure. Ever since they they when they brought the wine down here, they like rope off the wine section in the bar or the I keep saying bar, yeah, like the a food damn city crime. Yeah, section. they're like, oh, you can't buy wine on Sundays down here. But in Maryland, it's it's a very all or nothing sort of mentality. Yeah. It's either all the booze or SOL. Yeah. At least you can go to a bar. But. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's bizarre. Well, I went, uh, I was one morning, I was trying to get some shit to make famosas, some Mm -hmm. cider. I learned this, like, just maybe about 10 months ago, that you can't buy beer before, you know, 11. 11 o'clock. And that's, in Georgia, it's noon. Mm. Which is annoying when you're at the Renfest, it opens, you know, it opens at 10 or 11. You're like, all right, I'm going to go see some jousting. I'm going to see some awesome shows. And... You know, the stalls are roped off. I'm like, you can come back at noon. I didn't show fucking early to come back at noon. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm in costume. It's a million degrees. I want to get fucked. But you yeah, go to a restaurant and order a drink. Right. At that time. Yeah. yeah. It makes no sense. I don't get it. So Eventually, someone will take care of all these dumb laws. All these yeah, ones, eventually. these little technicalities. Yeah. Someone's going to come along and take care of it. But I, I raged through the pale ale. This thing's clocking in at 5.5%. Um, That's a really tasty. good beer. It's smooth. Very smooth yeah. for a pale ale. Um, I'd say it's a very good beginner's pale ale. Like, if you're mm. intimidated by any sort mm-hmm. of beer flavor, or, like, you're coming off the Bud Light train, and you're like, let me try <laughs> something that's an actual beer. Yeah. Um, it's got some really good color to it. Yeah. It's, like, reddish gold. It's, nice. it's it's the next it's step really above nice. Yingling. Um, probably crosses the threshold of actual. I don't know. Beer. It actually surprised me with how much flavor it did have for a pale ale. Yeah, but it's not overwhelming, so it would work as nope. a gateway like that. But it's still got the flavor to it, so it's not a Bud Light. It's not some watered down bullshit. I <clears throat> uh, got the Imperial Porter up now. The Gonzo. Um, the Gonzo. Yeah. Like I said, the whole thing is a. Uh, Sort of a hunter. That is much, much darker. Yeah, this is a completely different beer than what we just drank. That smells rich. I love their beers. They're so good. Mmm. Did you get that sound there? The (laughs) (laughs) The big whiff. The big whiff. It sounds like heavy breathing. Not quite Darth Vader heavy breathing, but that's like beyond Vader. Yeah. And you guys don't even know. Only me in the audience. It's like a little secret we've got. <laughs> I listen to him at work because I like to pay attention to how I sounded, so that everyone can be as horrified as I am by my voice. Wow, is <laughs> robust at first. Yeah, it's really well, that robust. comes on strong. Yeah, it does come on strong. Lingering finish too, mm-hmm. and dark. I mean, as dark so as dark. as dark as whatever imperial porter you're imagining. 
It captures yeah. all the light. <laughs> it does. It captures all the light. And doesn't return it. Can't Not in the see, slightest. Can't even see the Leia poster through it. No. Which is truly a shame. Yeah, so it really to lower is. this beer. I thought today, since we're discussing Rogue One, I thought this was a it's a, a good nice, one. It was a nice That's timed a, edition. Yeah. Very nice. And no edition. uncanny valley. Yeah. No. And nobody <laughs> doesn't know, or nobody knows what we're talking about. But we just added a uh, a Babe poster to the studio here. Yeah. Of Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. In the gold bikini. Yeah, on a beach. On a beach with underboob. With she looks look so happy. Great underboob, and she looks. Like yeah, she does. It's all the she cocaine. She looks so happy. It's all that cocaine. Yeah. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but Whatever. she does. She looks incredibly happy. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's a good poster. It I is like a good it. poster. Yeah. Well chosen. Yeah. Well chosen. But uh, I feel like this thing's got sort of a weedy thing going on. Weedy. Hmm. It's much lighter than I expected it to be. Yeah, because it's so strong up front. What's this clocking in at? Oh, nine. <laughs> a nice soft nine point two. Oh, oh great. All right, and you know what? I like that flying dog. You don't have to hunt for it. You turn it to the side, and they have a very consistent labeling system. Don't and they also have sliding little bars? At least on the box, I think they do. I don't know if it's on each individual bottle, but it tells you the malt and hops. It says malts hmm. and hops, huh. and one's like a blue and yellow bar, and the other one's like a red and orange bar. Hmm. And it's sliding. There's little sliders. Oh, okay. And it points out how much of each they have in them. I don't know. That's but I something like, that I really remembered from Flying Dog. I'm pretty sure it was there. I beers. like that they have you've got you've got the neck, you know, label which has their you know, logo and brewery name on it. And the the regular label it has some art, the name of the beer. It's cool art though, like turn it to I mean, the yeah, left it really and it's is. all the legal stuff and a barcode and what have you, and turn it to the right and it's flavor text and the A B V and a you know, drink by date. Mm-hmm. And it's got that the collar. Yeah. I like it when they have the, the neck collar there. Mm-hmm. It shows some class. It does. It and does. I'm just glad they have the drink by date and the large, you know, ABV on it. Yeah. They've got it all. Any beer with flavor text is good for me. Right? This is really cool art on here, on these bottles, though. Yeah. Yeah, they've been sitting in an iced Cambro, but... Whatever. Notice, it's like a... I'm looking at the doggy style. Yeah, it's like a dog with mechanical wings with a spider coming out of its. No, it's like somebody was tripping on acid and they decided. To... Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what this is. This is an acid doodle. Yeah, for sure. They yeah, were in these... bad country when that's they decided these... to yeah, draw that. Definitely. This one's a skull with a cowboy hat and a super long, like, muscly neck. Almost like the original, and, like, scary stories to tell in the dark kind of art. Yeah. Smoking a cigarette, and it says, okay, let's party with two exclamation points. I usually wait till three before I party, but... Well, there's one in front... There's one after the okay, and oh, there's two after so, let's party. Okay, so there's a so grand it's a total, total of three. All right, that, yeah, I'm down so to party, then. Yeah, yeah, let's party. Yeah, it never got weird enough for me, Hunter S. Thompson. Does the other one have a Hunter S. Thompson quote on it? Probably. Um, where are you looking? Our website has a Hunter S. Thompson quote yes, at the bottom. Does. Which Heaven and Ale also has a portion of oh, on their wall, the I think. Thing. Yeah, that one's got a lot of flavor text. Did you read this? Um, no. I did at the time, you know, Friday, but... Style. As innate as its brother cool, it can't be learned. Buried deep beneath the relics of awkward trends and hip nostalgia, 
the truth remains. The moment you lay claim to having it, it's gone. But rest easy, young soldier. What you have in your hand is all the style you need. That's pretty good. It's pretty accurate, too. Which pretty one was accurate. that you read? That was for the doggy style. Okay. The pale ale. And then the, uh, the gonzo just says, it never got weird enough for me. Hunter S. Thompson. Words to live by. Yeah. yeah. And then it has the ABV right underneath. That's great. For optimal freshness. This one's vintage. Oh. Well. Yeah. Hmm. What it says. What does it mean? Is it like been aged, or is it have that? I think it's one of their it's original say, brews. Some of, some of it's rubbed or one off. One of their it's flagship a 1611 ones. on there, so mm. I don't know. Yeah, when they sit in a, a an iced Cambro for about two hours. Yeah, but these are these are both pretty damn tasty. Yeah. Um, as oh, I was saying about Maryland the Fordham beers. ones, it's this is the Fordham Copperhead Ale, sort of the one they're most famous for. Um, one of their flagship ones. And I was reading about copper ales, trying to be like, what makes you different from a red or an amber? Yeah. And I think it's, it's sort of that same porter stout thing where you can choose to call it that, and maybe there's some super fine, you know, delineation of color or something. But I know that mm. copperhead snakes are. Oh, there's a, there is a snake on this thing. Copperhead snakes are. Maybe it has snake parts in it, or maybe it has snake venom. I might be, I could be wrong on this, but it might be the only poisonous snake in Maryland. Oh. Or at least the mo- it's easily the most dangerous snake. Um, you know, you're down by the river and there's those, you know, rocks and everything. And I mean, Maryland's got... Copperheads are assholes, man. Yeah, growing up around here, I mean, we've got a lot of snakes and copperheads. I've are. seen more down here than I ever saw in... I'll say 27 years in Maryland. Like, I mean, we essentially live in a jungle. Yeah, they yeah. keep to themselves up there, and you really got to be, like, screwing around with rocks and boulders to piss one off, you know, so it sees you. But, no, we were we were hiking one time, and there was, there was one that was just chilling in this, you know, drought-stricken riverbed. Oh, yeah. And it caught, what did Crazy. it catch, a frog? Yeah. It caught a like, frog, and it was proud of it. Like, it came back. We were like, oh, shit, don't walk over there. There's a fucking copperhead a proud one because in maryland that's the only snake you need to identify it's like is Mm. it a copperhead or is it dangerous and you're like okay it's a big it's an enormous black garden snake like i'll leave it alone but it's not gonna kill me like you see the copper and you're like fuck get away from that yeah but then we i saw it down here with duncan that one time yeah that was crazy we were like don't step on that rock there's a fucking copperhead sunbathing and it slid in the water. We're like, okay, it's gone now. And then it pokes its head up like cobra style. And there's a frog dangling in its mouth. And it's like turning left and right to show it to us. And it's like, that'd be like if it was any other snake in Maryland, you'd like lean in and be like, can I get a good picture of this? Because it's fairly harmless. But I mean, this thing was poisonous. No, it popped up to be like, this could have been you. I think that's what <laughs> yeah. it was. Yeah. Just a taunting. You're yeah. lucky today. This yeah. could have been you. Yeah, you want to come to my fucking rock, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm not going to get a good picture of this. It's, I stepped into his neighborhood. I get that. I stepped into his neighborhood and his mm. turf, and yeah. he was not having it. Just no, I mean, people lose limbs from copperhead Straight bites. up murdered a frog to prove a point. Mm-hmm. No, people lose limbs from copperhead bites. Like, oh. it, it bites, and it eats away at the muscle and yeah. deteriorates it and shit. I don't need to fuck nasty. with that thing. It's nasty. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. This is... This is really what good. Am I That's smelling what smelling with is. this? Let me, uh, let me get in on some of this. I'm going to read the uh, back of the bottle here. Um, if I can see it. This is grainy. 
Uh, this is the snake you want on your plane. <laughs> like its right. namesake. This bottle's really hard to read. It's been sitting in uh, ice and melted. Like its namesake, oh, the oh. Copperhead Snake. This beer is, as I say, relaxed and unassuming. At five Ooh. ounces alcohol by volume, Copperhead Ale is noted for its caramel coloration yep. mm-hmm. and True. slight bite oh, also when true. agitated. Oh, <laughs> clever. I see what they Except did there. the snake is nothing. There's nothing slight about a snake bite from an actual copperhead. No, no. sir. Oh, like, did I get bitten? I can't really <laughs> did tell. Did I get bitten today? Yeah. I guess I'll just see how this plays out before I go and call, you know, it does poison have really, control. Really it's nice got a beautiful color. color very, yeah. you know, Coppery. Yeah, this bubbly. sounds crazy. I want to say it. it's got a curve on the end. That's I, how I would describe that. It does not sound crazy because I know what you're talking about. It's like almost like a sconce. It kind of comes back in. The nose on this is super grainy. Like I'm getting a lot of wheat and a lot of like caramelized malts on the nose of this thing. It's one of those beers, it, it smells like a brewery, which is a good thing. It's one of those beers I think I could smell like, like I wish it was a car freshener smell. Mm-hmm. I don't mean this in a bad way, but it smells very wet, <clears throat> like something that's been car. wet for a while. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you left a yeah. towel sitting yeah. and it kind of dampened a little bit. It's weird how you can describe terrible things. For the smell of a beer, <laughs> but they're actually good. Like you can be like smelling an IPA, be like it, it kind of smells like, like bo, but in a good yeah, way. Yeah, it smells yeah. like a wet dog, right? Yeah. Like, but the good kind of wet dog. It smells like cat piss, but you know the best kind of cat. Piss. It smells like dirt, but the kind you'd pay for. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think are all things we've said. Yeah. This is very good though. Clip show, yeah, it's pretty good. But no, I said wet dog. It's not far off from wet dog. But the good kind of wet dog. Yeah, the good kind of wet dog. I mean, really sniff it. You smell a wet dog in there. It smells almost extracty, like when we're using like the amber and the dark alamies. Like when we're because we always taste the ingredients. Yeah, it does. It smells like the amber. How how molassesy is this LME going to taste? Very sometimes. For the dark ones, oh, yes, yeah. dark ones. And that the Copperhead was one of those labels that is nothing like what it was six years ago. So I was looking at, I was, I was looking for some Fordham and Old Dominion, and I could not find them. Is this the Old Dominion? That's the Fordham one. Okay, I think they're the same brewery, but they've kept their styles kind of separate. Yeah, um, like they probably have that like legacy I was, ale. Yeah, I was looking then- for it, Old Dominion. Aside, like their root beer is some of the best brewed root beer I ever had in my life. Mm, it's very good, and, and it's not alcoholic. Nope, nope. not in that the was slightest. before that was a thing. Hmm. It's not a hard. Maybe they. I could be. I, they I might no brew idea. an alcoholic one now. They should if they don't. Mm. I mean, they. It's. It's like a thick root beer. I mean, it's you can so taste good. the honey in it. It's, oh yeah. It's the kind that doesn't come with free refills at the restaurant, but they have, and this got me into stouts. They have an oak stout. Which was a beautifully velvety, rich, not hop forward at all oak stout, which got me into it. Got me into dark beers. Like 
I think Guinness is everyone's default in their mind, especially when you start drinking. You're like, oh, dark beer is Guinness. And if you don't like it, you're kind of turned off dark beers. Mm-hmm. But this thing was, I mean, it almost bridged the gap between their root beer and, you know, an actual dark beer. And it was, it, it was great. Um, the Iron Horse down here at Big River is another, is, uh, it's similar. Hmm. Um, just a real solid. Yeah, it's pretty. If damn you're looking, good. To, if you want to give dark beers a chance and you don't know much about it, the Iron Horse at Big River. Yeah. And the, if you're listening in Maryland, the Old Dominion Oak Stout <laughs> are excellent ones. Lewis, Lewis might be listening. He might be, but you know what? I bet he knows about it already. Or Juan, Juan might be listening. Also, shout knows out about to, it. to our our OG bros back in MD to the posse. That's right, Moco. Moco represent. There were some of your gang members. That's right. Oh yeah. Your gang affiliates. Mm-hmm. They were the enforcers. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. So which one is this you cracked open? This is the Baltic Porter, which is And I'll, I'll say this about this brewery is they have tapping parties every month. They do. And they have a different seasonal every month and you can come in and you do something like buy the first beer and it's you know, signature new artwork each year glass at some absurdly low price. And then refills until I'm going to make, I'm just going to make this up, but it's, it's on this level. Like you come in at four and you buy your seasonal beer for like a buck 25 and then like 25 cent refills until six. And you come in and you get fucking crazy. Yeah. and, And you're, you're losing money not buying this beer at a tapping party. Yeah. And then you drink eight. <laughs> if you show up on time, you drink eight by the time um, the promo's over for all Spend of five dollars. Yeah. And you keep the glassware. And I've got it's amazing. I actually brought some to work. Duclaw does that kind of stuff too up in Maryland. They do. But we'll get to them next time, I guess. Yeah, I have, have Duclaw beers. Have they too. are. They're really I don't good. know if it's next time, but mm. a different episode. One of the, yeah, the next time we do Maryland beers, yeah, yeah, we'll bring up Duclaw some more. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do they they don't screw around with their tapping parties. I will say this: I was up in Maryland, and they they made they have a throwaway line in Wedding Crashers, like crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does, <laughs> right? And the crab up Barely. there, I mean that it that is what you go there for. There's crab on everything. Yeah, the crab pretzels, crab dip, crab flatbread, crab pizza. See, that's why I need to move to the coast. I don't care where, but Maryland sounds like a place I would enjoy. There, there's it's crab right. everywhere. They have there's right. crab dip, crab burgers crab everywhere. everywhere. If you're yeah. ever like, man, I want a burger, but I want crab dip. Like they just have this crab dip burger, crab dip burgers all the time, and it's it's not this like, it's not this like melty. You know, thin kind like this is almost a paste. Yeah, like they they, they got to use like an ice cream scoop. Like this is thick. They do not. Their crab cakes don't play around. Whatever binding agent they have in Maryland style is the minimum. It's just pure gluten. To hold it together, <laughs> it's it is pure just, gluten. They go to a jar labeled <laughs> gluten. It's it's not though. It's like what is the thinnest mayo or binding agent we can use because it's all lump crab meat it's it's basically (laughs) a a literal ball of crab meat and they're like we're gonna hold this together if we can fit more crab into it great but we're gonna use the least amount of binding agent possible and it's all the good stuff that sounds amazing the crab dips are rich and golden orange like there's no 
the I've streets seen are here, paved like, with like crab dips. Like the crab dip. dips are kind of like white, mm. maybe some green. If you, you get the caramelization on top, eh. if you you know order a crab dip mm. down here, maybe maybe some parsley on it. But this is a an orange gold. You're, it's not even a dip; it's a spread. Thick pate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Almost. It's a pate. Yeah. It is thick, and you throw it on top of a burger because you're like, it's got the cheese that I need for a burger, and then the heat and just the melts crab. it just enough so that it just takes on it, the contours. The surf of the and turf burgers they have up there. Oh are my just god, unbeatable. <laughs> That sounds I'm, amazing. I'm, sal- I'm gonna just drool on your Throw microphone a lobster thinking claw about on top it. Of it. Speaking of pate, really quick though, That's pate is just really fancy potted meat, right? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Like I, you, it's, you go it's to not, the store it's, it's and not pay really like special. you go to the store and pay like 89 cents for some pig eyeballs and shit thrown in a can. No, you feed it to your cat. Blender and then you, yeah. it's like cat the, food, right? Yeah. The pate. Yeah. It's like okay, here's the shred. And and it's a weird thing I think about when I we got two cats and we give them like dry kibble in the morning and then like a can of wet food at night, and I th- I think about like which one would I eat at the end of days, which is mm. a really weird thing to think about. But like any shredded or chunky stuff that seems like it might be more food esque is usually on top of my list. Like the, like the salmon the the uh, mm-hmm. like salmon shredded or something. I'm like okay. If it was Walking Dead style, I would, I, I wouldn't be proud, but that's probably okay, where I well, go. Okay, tell me. But you get to the pate, and it's a, it's just a, a paste. gelatinous. It's blob. a paste without the s. Yeah, it, it's a gelatinous yeah. blob, and I'm like, this is the one. Like, I don't, I don't want to go to. But I don't know. Like, I like, I like potted meat. I mean, it's like, not, okay, one cat owner to another here. All right. you've had a cat food that you have ripped open for your cat and there's something in your brain it's not that you're about to eat it like uh but you do think for a second like hmm that smells like it wouldn't be half bad spread no you're like i could yeah i could not even could though it's like something registers i've never tried it but i've I've legitimately thought like that smells like it would not be half bad on a cracker i know I, i know what you're saying and i know it's the guts and tails and hoofs and eyeballs yeah yeah but some of it does smell. I'm, I'm not going to try way. the cat food, but like there is the hierarchy when I'm opening different cat foods of like. So what's the difference then between that and regular food? Just because it's guts and eyeballs. Yeah. Because it also guts like, and eyeballs. It still it's smells some, like cat food. It still smells <laughs> yeah. like cat food. It's not okay, like it ever enough. smells right. good. Like, like, get, like that's true. the cat food manufacturers should have another business making like cat food for humans. That's like the good parts of the animal, but with the same cat food seasoning. <laughs> So, so you get the seasoning, but you don't get the cat foodie side of it. I think they do, and they just like that's they. That's I'll make spam. A, they grind up a crab, and they're like <laughs> the lump, the back fin, all of that's going to restaurants. But you know the shell bits and the genitals, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the like spindly little bits. Like we'll grind that up. It's still the same animal, so it smells food. the same. But you're like, like you know, you probably smell cat. I mean, food. you're a vegetarian, yeah, man. like. But I'm just saying, you guys eat all their other parts of the animal, so why not those parts of the animal? In some places, eyeballs are a delicacy. If they were, I'll say this. You eat, because if you, they, if you eat, I'll tell you why. Because there's a certain thing of, like, Meow Mix or Friskies just grinds them up and calls it a day. If I went to some remote African tribe, and this is what they've been eating for thousands of years, and they're like, we prepare it this way, and they know. Like, they know how they do it. I would eat it. Boiled mm. eyeballs. If that's how these people have been surviving yeah. and they like it and they call it a delicacy, I would try it. 
What if they had been preparing it as a delicacy for themselves the exact same way, somehow, that cat food is produced? I would be... Same, su- same ingredients. They've been eating cats. I would be... <laughs> grinding up their eyeballs. I know where you're going I know where you're going with this. So, whatever. So I'll, I'll jump in here. I would be surprised because the cat food probably is chock full of preservatives and artificial shit. But the aboriginal tribes of you know wakanda (laughs) right who've been doing this for you know thousands of years and have proven they can sustain themselves on it i would try it It, there's not high fructose glucotamine in and chemicals in their version of that's true so i would and anytime if it's like if i for whatever reason was gifted a lion steak I would be very intimidated to do that on my own, and I would spend way too much time trying to figure out what to do with it. Now, Cutting off little br- pieces and like... Well, yeah, now bring me like, to Africa, this and this guy has been, you know, eating lion meat, and his family's Over been eating lion whatever, meat for yeah. generations. I will hand him my lion steak and be like, do this how you've done it, because I don't want to screw up this rare exotic meat and not know what I'm doing. But if you... Not just any chef. If you know what you're doing and have perfected this i will happily try your version of it like yeah. alligator meat like i have a faint idea how to do it but if it's between me and really caring and some gas station in louisiana that's done it for 20 years <laughs> i'll take them any day in louisiana. yeah well, it's, I kind, will. Of, it's yeah. kind of along the same the good stuff. Uh, same line of like i i mean i grew up in the sticks i grew up around people that hunt and things like yeah. that mm-hmm. but i wouldn't if if it came down to a survival scenario, I could I could kill an animal and like skin it and whatnot. Yeah, I could eat it. But I I wouldn't necessarily right now in my point of existence want to eat meat that I skinned and prepared myself and like chopped off the nasty bits and all that because yeah. I'm not gonna do it with the level of intricacy and as a prep. and all that. Yeah. As I might somebody be able to trap a that. rabbit and I'll attempt to gut it now i'll just be like yeah. well you know what eventually it'll hit I 165 saw Bear do this once. and it'll be safe to eat yeah and i have no idea they're like you can cook a rabbit down to 135 man like <laughs> i'd be like oh i wish i'd have known that when really? i eat, like burn i don't know that's an example like, oh okay like do not I have eat no a idea. rabbit like, cooked to 135 if i can cook yeah. a chicken to 165 yeah. then i can cook any meat to right. 165. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like say say I knew nothing. Like I love ahi tuna, like super rare tuna like that. If I didn't, I'd be like, well, you can cook a chicken to 165. I bet I can cook this big ass weird fish to 165. And it probably won't kill me, which in that end of day scenario is kind of what you're going for. Yeah. And as well you should be like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, let me make sure my tuna's rare so in case I get something I die. <laughs> but if if it was just a matter of, of cooking into a certain temperature, I would go with that despite whatever knowledge I have. Yeah. Also, this port is delicious. It is very good. It's hefty, though. It is. What's, but the, it's not what's as, the ABV on this? It's not as rough in your face as the other one. No, no, no not at not. all. I didn't, I didn't realize I had chosen two porters. Um, this is only 6.8. Hmm. And I know Baltic Porter is a style, and I assume it's based on it some is thick. It feels heftier to me than the other one. Yeah, that surprised me. It's only six or six point eight. Yeah, that's thick. Hmm. These are some good beers. Thanks, they are Maryland. tasty beers. Yeah, yeah, different. 
I didn't actually know that Flying Dog came out of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Yep. That sure surprises did. me. Is it down here? I, I don't. You think can I've find ever it looked, once in a while. Okay. I've seen it around. I know I've had it on draft. Okay. Like at Brew House or somewhere like that, but I've never actually bought it because I would have remembered that cool art. Mm-hmm. But uh, we got to try a few other really good beers tonight. We were out at the Casual Pint in Hickson mm-hmm. at the Barley Mob meeting. And that was really cool. There's a bunch of really nice people there. Yeah. <clears throat> we were talking to Scott and Brian, of course, and uh, about some upcoming events and contests that we're entering and, and that kind of stuff. Hell yeah. Beers about that we're the be stuff brewing. you guys are doing with your beers? Mm-hmm. Things like that. We had to keep our next brews a secret still because... Yeah, they're trying if them. They're, if Brian's going to be the judge, we want... And Not him just impartial. Brian, like three or four of them. Three or four of those Scott guys. Scott and Chris are in on that uh, Peach State yeah thing i I started talking about one and then they were like oh no we're all judging that i thought okay well (laughs) let me shut up about that so as not to not just compromise them but compromise the integrity of the contest we have going on with duncan yeah who has sort of not yet entered but is still in it i'm gonna make sure he does oh he's paying for that trophy right and he's been hyping up this this beer of his for a while he has which i'm not going to mention again for the integrity no no of course not but uh I need yeah. to see him succeed. I also want to try the beer. I want to see him to succeed. I know. If if he doesn't, then that's just sad. If he makes it and it's terrible, then... He can try again. Well, it, not before that, like, he's stuck with two cases. Any, not just him, anyone. is stuck with about two cases of beer. And you have to decide, am I going to drink this crap? Or yeah. am I going to dump it yeah am i gonna throw that 50 bucks down the drain oh if we we have brewed three different beers i would be more than happy to trade them around because that is something that you get you think about it but then it happens you brew two cases of beer and you're like okay i brewed two cases i paid the money for these bottles right so i should probably get them back so you start drinking it and around the 10th or 12th one you're like i am real sick of this this beer yeah it was good it's not like it's gotten worse but no i'm I'm 10 beers deep on this pale ale i'm really i wish i hadn't bought something else two cases worth of this yeah (laughs) yeah so if we all trade them up then at least i have we need to get more people brewing so we can trade six packs yeah of a wide variety Mm -hmm. well i guess I, i guess it gives you something 2016 or 2017. I was like, 2016's yeah. in the past, 2017, man. it's happening. Um, but no, I guess it gives you guys something, you know, something easy for Christmas, though, to, like, pass yeah. out to people. It does. True. And, yeah. I I mean, my the money I spend on beer has certainly gone down. Yeah. Yeah. You make, you definitely say it's, you have to buy the initial, you know, brew kit and everything and your initial ingredients, but... Two or three batches into it, you should notice a significant savings. Of course, yeah. Like you're saying, what happens is you, you start brew. To get sick of it. Yeah, you'll. It's always like 48 beers or something. Like I had the Oktoberfest and it was great, and I got rid of that. The pale ale was kind of like it, and I mean, luckily Jared's brewing, you know, alongside me and everything, and we're, you know, swapping no, six no. packs back and forth. But the more people we would have in on this, you're like. I I really need something deeper than this. So at mm. least the IPAs are very different. They're pretty tasty. Yeah, they are different. 
They are different. But between our tasty. black and white IPAs, I, can, I will be sick of IPAs by the time this is mm-hmm. over. <laughs> like I need oh, yeah. either one. I need something light or something but dark. Now I'm ready to brew another black IPA because I know what I want to do differently. Because I tried this one and it wasn't exactly what I wanted, and I know what I want to do to change it. Yeah, so that's coming up mm. soon. So I'm gonna, as soon as I'm done being sick of black IPAs, <laughs> I'm gonna get another. You'll brew another one or two in the middle of that and be like, okay, that's right, I'm ready to try again. Yeah. So I think <laughs> no, I want to do a Kolsch next, but it's not really the season. Mm. Well, yeah. I'm not sure. By the time your black IPA and this next beer is done, it might be the season. Hmm. Maybe. Be getting there at least. January, February. I mean, I'm not horrified to drink a beer out of season, is the other thing. Yeah, I don't yeah, really care. True. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Rebels without a cause. That's right. Speaking yeah. of rebels. Yes. Yeah, speaking yes! of motherfucking rebels. <laughs> no. I didn't know if that was on purpose, but it felt like it was. It was not, but it okay. can be. That's how you goddamn say Um No, we are here. Talk about Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we before are. I'm going to lay down a ground rule, though, try to stray away from talking about any other Star Wars as much as possible. Okay. Unless it's like referential. Yeah. We watch this movie essentially in a vacuum. Yeah. yeah. Except unless it's referential. Okay. Yeah, I will. Because okay. having said that, I will say just going in, I love this movie. I love the shit out of it. And yes, there's a little bit of. Just initial that whole like oh my god that was the most kick-ass thing I've ever seen factor is not quite worn off yet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. But standing right now to compare to where I was with Force Awakens, and I do like not that I'm comparing them I love them both, but I would rank as far as Star Wars movies go this one's teetering up there close to Empire for me. Hmm. Like I like so, it quite a bit. I so would can rank we, it. Can we just real simply just real simply can we do a one to ten scale and then we can talk about why. Just like, uh, hold like on, Tanner I like his, I like his scale actually. Of, I would rank it the Star Wars third. scale. I would rank it third in the Star Wars movie breakdown. Okay. Okay. I would All do right. Empire. Uh, no, you know what? I'm gonna say I would do New Hope, Empire, then Rogue One, probably Force Awakens, Jedi, three, two, one. Mm. Is that all of them? Yeah. Okay. That's close to what I would do too, um, except I would probably put. I'd probably put Empire before A New Hope. I mean, you can, but I'm that's not gonna, all. But yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying yeah. I'd have pretty much the same order if that's yeah, the scale I we're much, using. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I pretty much have the same two, order the same as that. Order. But one of the things for me that Rogue One Top really five. changes up is the fact that. I always like A New Hope was always my least favorite. Uh, I mean, I always liked it, but I liked the giant space battle in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So I always liked it a little more. Yeah. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate A New Hope more. But this movie makes A New Hope so much better. Not that it needed that, but I think moving forward, anytime I go to watch A New Hope or show somebody A New Hope, that's a now a four and a half hour movie. Both both of the Force Awakens and this one. I know I'm going against what you said about comparing to Star Wars movies, other movies. <laughs> but this one, well, just don't Force, talk about other details. To and other Force movies. Awakens, the dog fighting in space battles with the X wings and the Tie Fighters have been it's phenomenal. So cool. Yeah, thank you, technology. And yeah, they didn't have that technology with Love those it. old ships back then. That's so good. 
but seeing them fight in space and over other planets mm-hmm. and just the insane dog fighting has been amazing yeah. in both these two recent Star mm-hmm. Wars. I'm gonna movies. go see it again tonight. It's gonna be great. One one thing I I really liked about Rogue One that it, you kind of lost this a little bit in the Force Awakens and. I feel you lost it quite a bit in the prequels, but heart. No, it was uh, when there are battles, and I agree it's hard to do this, but they got the scale of the battles proper, like, and what I mean by that is you see the X wings doing shit in Rogue One. You, you know they've got their mission they're doing. They're trying to create a diversion so these people can get off the planet, yeah, or at least get the plans off the planet. Um. So they're doing their mission, and then there's this ground battle going on, mm-hmm. and you kind of get the idea of like where everything's at on the battlefield. Like even though you're not shown like a top-down view or anything, you kind of figure out in your mind from well, the camera angles where everything is located, and it made the, sense. You yeah. get the view from the control room or wherever that is, and he sees the explosions going off all over the place. Yeah. So you sort of see the layout of the battlefield, like a top-down yeah, real yeah. quick, but. So <laughs> that's something the uh, the original trilogy did really well, like especially in the Battle of Hoth, and that was kind of missed in the prequels. Yeah, mm. and of where you understand like what is going on in the battle, not just that it's like cool to look at. Right. You know, the ending of Rogue One. That I last- said they wouldn't do it. I was I, so I happy so with it. Surprised. I'm so happy. And you with heard that. me off air being like. In my mind, the ultimate ending of this movie was they're all on Alderaan and they look up in the sky and go, what's that light? Yeah. And Close second. I was sitting next to Jared and up until it literally happened, I kept being like, they're not going to do it. Okay. They're, they're, oh, they're, they're firing up the Death Star? They're not going to do it. When's the ship going to swoop in and do it? <laughs> and right at the end, I did my best Ed Harris Westworld thing. Well, I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> No, they, I'm yeah. so surprised. They, they had, had the, the stones. I said they were so happy. And this will probably be the only time I openly admit I would I'm wrong. I said Disney does not have the stones to end it like that. They don't. They do not have the stones to do a hard reset, as it were. They're not going to do it. And that laser's in the sky, I'm like some Deus X X Wing is going to right. swoop in and save the day. Oh, like that sky's kind of bright. It's getting oh, like it's it getting is. closer on the main characters. They're looking, they're <laughs> no. hugging. Okay. They wouldn't dare. Oh <laughs> my god, they did. Yeah. yeah. Those guys went down. I don't know if any of you guys have ever played Halo Which, Reach. Which, yeah, by the way, but, spoiler okay. alert. Everybody dies. Moving forward, yeah. <laughs> I should have announced that earlier. I'll announce it in the show notes. But. Yeah, hopefully they know we're talking about Road Road. Yeah. One, so. Yeah. Uh, there are spoilers when we start talking about Rogue yeah. One. Everybody fucking dies. Wonderfully. Yeah. No, great, I'm amazed. It, I'm so amazed they have the balls to do that. That's it, what I'm saying. Yeah. It reminds me of Halo Reach. And like I was saying, I don't know if you guys know yeah, Halo Reach. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> as you go along Halo Reach, you know those characters, by the time you're playing that game, you know those characters are all going to die. And the story shows all of them just slowly getting offed. And this did a really good job of doing the same thing, I think. Yeah. They go out, you know, with style. They go out tragically, and you know, it makes and, you feel for them, and it's great. And I'll say this: if George Lucas was still in charge, there would have been the Deus Ex Wing. It would mm. have picked them up. They would have ended that movie in the canteen on Tatooine, and in the next A New Hope re-release, 
you would have seen you would have seen Jin and Cassian and them in the background <laughs> That's right. of yeah. the cantina scene. Ugh. And it would have been so awful. But you know now Disney's gotta compete with Pixar. They're like, oh my god, Pixar's knocking it out of the fucking park and doing adult themes and stuff like that with their movies, and we're Disney, and this is Star Wars, damn it. Does this Disney, is a good does fucking Disney Star own Wars. Pixar again though? I think I they're an they, affiliate, but they're yeah, not exactly yeah. Like, I know like they, Pixar's they always batted it out of the park, it, but, but yeah. Disney does have its independent properties like Wreck It Ralph. Mm. They're, you know, Frozen, Moana, uh, Brave is really good. Yeah. Um, but they're not. The Pixar properties, I think, are done in a separate studio and all that. It's something mm. to do with licensing or something, but. But yeah, it, yeah Star yeah. Wars. Anyway, back to Star. Yeah. Rogue um, One. No, one thing else I also liked. Uh, back to what I said about scale for a minute is like just the sheer. I I don't know. They did a really good job of showing that the rebel alliance is actually like a force. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. just like 10 X wings that go and blow up the death star. Right. And go and cause, yeah, they spend more time on Yavin, which is almost yeah. a throwaway in. Yeah. And the they, original they show, movies. and they also show that the rebel alliance is that it's an alliance. Yeah. It's not, it's not a military. It's, a, you know, every right. decision they make comes down to like, okay, People do we vote on this and, yeah. or whatever? And that this was kind of, this movie is essentially, I mean, it is the movie of the Star Wars A New Hope opening crawl. Like the Rebels have yeah, it just ends. achieved. Yeah, pretty much. If you yeah. get rid of the closing credits on this movie and the opening crawl of yeah. A New Hope, they... Seamlessly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Which is great, is there's no ambiguity. Like it, like the old um, Star Wars, Clone Wars cartoon... Yeah. Where it ended literally, but that took place between episodes two and three. Yeah, yeah. Where the last scene of that show was the battle. At the beginning. That's the of opening scene three. of episode mm-hmm. three. Yeah. It's very cool. And they do they do fun things like a star destroyer coming out of hyperspace and rebel ships mm-hmm. crashing into it. It was amazing. I wanted. To I see shouldn't that have so laughed, bad. but I did. I did. <laughs> it was great oh, because no, because so it was amazing. It was. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I let out a holy shit <laughs> yeah. in the theater. I was Almost not, as much as the rebel pilots did. Did not yeah. think that was going to You find happen. out why there's an open, why Luke is Red 5. Yeah. Red 5. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. No, all of those little nuggets in that, uh, I didn't put it up because I didn't want you guys to read it, but I'm putting it up right after this, but my review mm-hmm. on the site for the movie. Uh, but I, I dubbed them nuggets because... Easter eggs are thrown in there for fanfare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just, they don't really mean anything they're thrown out. These were more than Easter eggs. They're nuggets. They're things that actually they mean are, something they, and yeah. bring everything to a more cohesive whole of the Star Wars franchise. You're like, right. It does do like, that. Like uh, uh, one of the earlier ones that's a little less meaningful, that is more than anything an Easter egg, but still a nugget, is when they run into uh, Ponda Baba yep. and what's his name? Dr. Uh, yep. Yeah, I can't ever remember his name, but those two guys, they're like, I've got the death sentence on 12 systems. That oh, guy, yeah. They yeah, run into him guys. on Jetta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, okay, if you think that this movie ends, and there's maybe, I think there's like a day, like we 24 hours How- between this. Well, we'll get to that in a second, but like, there, I think there's like a day. It's a little indeterminate, but I think there's like a day. But either way, it kind of explains... Why Ponda Baba and his buddy were so fucking salty at, yeah. the, at the Mos Eisley exactly. Casino. Yeah, they with, literally yeah. just escaped death. With hyperspace and light death. speed travel, I think this movie took place over the course of 
not even a week. Yeah. No, this movie so. I took to be about three days. If, e- and if then, that, yeah. And then from the end of this to the beginning of New Hope, I'm thinking a day. Because Tatooine is on the opposite side of the galaxy to where they were at. Right, except hyperspace. So yeah. I'm thinking yeah. it was more like... But but okay, so C three PO and R two D two crash landed, wandered the desert, were picked up by Jawas. Mm. That that might have been an indeterminate amount of days, but between the end of yeah, Rogue but, One yeah, between, and the beginning of New Hope, I would almost say hours. Yeah, it could be so? hours. Like between yeah. the time that like Rogue One ends and Darth Vader sets foot on the Tantive Four. Yeah, hours. Like, yeah, hmm. if hour possible. Like he left there and immediately went. And asked that's the dudes, true. like, yeah. where are these plans? Like, this is not a consular yeah. ship. Yeah. I literally just saw you leave a battle. Right. Yeah. No, Vader didn't go home and chill between that. Like, yeah. that was still part of his day. Yeah. And if I can go into what I did sure doesn't sleep about though. this movie. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. There was the... Because I've got a couple things as well. Okay. I think no, we'll, I think we'll some, agree. The thing things. with Mustafar. Yeah. yeah. That... It was terrible. That scene, there, there's, there is evidence of studio meddling, and it was the entire Mustafar scene. So if mm-hmm. I can, if I can just rant for a quick second, you, you, they show a lava planet, and you're like, that looks like Mustafar, but they don't bring up the, the name in the bottom right, because the they want the they surprise. Don't tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they show Vader's castle, which is almost copy and paste uh, Baradur Sauron's tower mm-hmm. from Lord of the Rings. Which is almost over the top. Evil. V- Vader's a castle, bit. though, has existed in the, it has. In the expanded universe. Was it always on but Mustafar? It wasn't always on, it was Mustafar. Not on Mustafar. I think it was Baradum. Yeah. Is the planet it was. I may. Don't it call sounds me on like Lord style. of the Rings. It's almost comically evil. Oh, like, yeah. He's one mustache yeah, tying Princess Leia to the mm. train tracks away, exactly. how comically evil it is. And the entire scene can be summed up as Director Krennic comes in and goes, wah! And Vader. Oh God! He makes a pun. It's terrible. And I made a. I, I pretended to stand up and leave. Well, the the critic scene wasn't on Mustafar. It was in his castle. No, that one wasn't in his castle. Are you sure? They, yeah, that the was on some other, shot. Was Mustafar maybe I'm not in thinking of it right. I thought the only Mustafar shot we got was Vader in his back to tank. Yeah, and then he he defrosted, as it were. And walked out to see Krennic, and Krennic was bitching about Tarkin, who was great. But I'll get back to that. Um, and Vader Vader had some lines and they were all really good and then he made a fucking pun mm. yeah and force choking this dude and I have to say and this is what brings me out of it is I start doing the math in my head Vader has spoken in seven Star Wars movies three prequels three original trilogy prequels I'm gonna say they were all shit dialogue original the first was all wine good to the last wine and Another beer out of the He chair. gets he starts speaking in Rogue One and it's all good and then he starts choking Krennic and says, you know, don't choke on your ambition. And Ugh. Vader is not and should not be a comical villain mm. ever. Never. And what what really hurts is that Tarkin was perfect. He was so good. They watched A New Hope. They got, they like distilled the essence of Tarkin. They did a great and job. And threw him into this movie phenomenally. He was a perfect villain to another villain. It was beautiful. It was 
the fact that they that can get CG, that actor. That hashtag the better best. than that was the MVP. That is the best human-like Peter CGI Cushing, creation was very, very that good. humans have Phenomenal. ever made or seen. And that's what hurts is that Tarkin was so perfect and Krennic was incredibly well cast. And I could watch a whole different movie than bitching back and forth and throwing <laughs> shade at each other. I would watch them waiting in a do- I would watch the two of them in a doctor's room waiting office just sniping each other with shitty verbal comments and it would i would eat it up and that they got tarkin so right and then somebody came in and show said show vader's overly cartoonish evil lair and have krennic wine for a second if you cut that scene entirely the movie would be better and i think they've spoken about vader through the movie and you've seen you being anyone knows enough about star wars to know who vader is I don't need to see Vader in the castle. I don't even see the back of his helmet during the battle. Basque Castle, that's what it's called. Vader's debut should have been from the moment his lightsaber lights up in the rebel ship and he starts cutting down rebel soldiers. That should have been it. That that would have been great. That would have cemented his presence as you've heard about him the entire time. Oh, shit, Vader. And that's really where he should have came in and all he should have done is... Cut choke and cut down, down and literally yeah. mow down rebel soldiers. I feel like that's probably what the initial plan was. That's what I'm thinking is yeah. the yeah. Mustafar scene was so Because I agree. I liked the Mustafar scene, which I'll talk about the pun in a second. But I liked I, most uh, of that scene. I, I thought liked Vader's it. dialogue was really it, good it was, in that I like the fan service of it. I like seeing the Royal Guards and like seeing like, oh, this is where they Vader... They still haven't have done anything. Done? Like, like when Vader is like not slaughtering people, this is where he comes to chill. Okay, and it's why on would, the and it's on the planet where he lost his humanity, his arms, his yeah, legs. Yeah, why? 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 Because he's steeped in the dark side. It just keeps his hatred flowing and makes him more powerful. And he feeds off of so it, that makes of his sense. That makes sense to me. You know what? That's the only thing I've heard so that, far that even I'm not right. going to say I agree with it, but that's the it, best argument I've like, heard it, so it far. Just, it just it makes him like remind. It reminds him constantly of like, yeah, fuck everything, you know, and just makes him mm. stronger. That and is then not bad. The, yeah. uh, All right. Okay. The pun. I'm okay with the pun. I'm not saying it was a good pun. It could have been written a little bit better. If they wanted Vader to say something snarky, they could have written something much better. Because Vader does say snarky things. And even the Anakin. Yeah, but it's more the like. The Anakin we've got in, uh, in Clone Wars. He was like a bitch-ass whiny Vader, but, though. Well, they, yeah, yeah. Like, he wasn't I, a I, funny, I didn't like he the didn't never made like, a pun. No, he, the Vader we got before, like, he talked a lot more than people remember, I think. But this is a combination of original trilogy Vader and Clone Wars Anakin. And the Clone Wars animated series Anakin they set up would be a smartass, but kind of like this smug, like, I can kick your ass any day of the week sort of smartass. And then Vader would say things like, uh, you know, after he choked out... Um, that one dude, and he's like, uh, apology accepted, Captain Nita... You know, he does do, he does say yeah, shit like that. Yeah, but he didn't make a pun, to like, so It's not a pun, but it... Yeah. No, but, but it's this a, was it's a, this sort of comical. No, but he paused makes, beforehand, emphasized the word It definitely was a pun. pun but yeah. what I'm saying is Vader is known to make these weird comical references to stuff that's kind of fucked up and dark. Like, to him, it's kind of funny. Like, oh, I'm defeating you. He's yeah. not the Joker. You're right. Like, and, I, and I get that this, I see what you're saying. This was not one of those moments. Yeah. No, it was not. It was not. It was terrible. 
Well, and, I can dismiss it and be okay with it on and, that. And it really drew me out of the movie. Hmm. I was really, really enjoying. Yeah, because you were like, they got Vader. Right I was again. like, I can't believe they've done. They were able to do this. Tarkin, even though he was animated, obviously that's fine. That's great. It was he looked good. It didn't didn't hmm. phase me at all. I was like, all right, they had to do it that way. And then Vader has those great lines beforehand. I can't remember any of them because I was just taken right out of it by his, you know, lest Don't you choke. choke on it or whatever. Choke on you. I was like, fuck you. Fucking they, Vader. Who Vader wrote your Vader sounded lines? different in this, too. No, he was James Earl Jones. It was James Earl Jones, which, you know. But it's it, James it, Earl it's Jones a, after, after how many years? Thing. Yeah, it's James Earl Jones after how many years. And people's, not that your voice changes, but how you talk and just everything I wonder they change and I was talking about this earlier what if hypothetically there there's a Vader scene in the movie and they hand James Earl Jones a script and it's it's terrible and he goes I'm I'm not not saying I'm not gonna say that (laughs) what like what can Disney who who has the bigger clout in that situation would Disney be like we'll fake it or would they be like he's probably he's got us he's (laughs) probably under contract I bet. No, but either way, You're like you have to say whatever we say. He's you have not to say. always come back and done Vader. Like he didn't do Vader in the Force Unleashed games. Yeah, I don't. Think That's he, true. And okay, you're was, right. There was yeah. something else he didn't We'd have do. To Vader look, he does does he do it in the Clone Wars? Or or the yeah, he did it in Rebels. Okay, um, hmm. but there was something else. He did it in Episode Three. The no. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was awful. Um, yeah, what if he had said no? There, to there's that. been one or two things that he's not done the voice for. So obviously they can do the voice without him. I mean, making a like deep voice that's kind of mechanic isn't too difficult. Yeah, I'm sure you give me an hour, I could come up with something on the computer. Oh, there's and, some sort of like filter auto tune thing. But that's his voice, I think, yeah, it's cool that they got him back, but his voice was different. I don't know exactly what it was, but it's like it didn't have. It's almost like he spoke too fast. Yeah. Because when Vader speaks in the original... He's slow and deliberate. It's like, yeah, every word he's saying has a punch to it. Because he has thought about what he's saying, and he's not wasting his time or anybody else's. Where in this, it wasn't so much that. Like, it was just him talking. And, you you know, that could just be, you know, we've not seen a lot of Vader. So so do I assume that in his off time, he sits in a Dragon Ball Z regeneration tank and just chills? A back-to-tank. Ba- I'm sorry, back to back tank. Back to tank, yeah. Is that just all he does in his off time? Yeah, that... Well, okay, so that lair... Keeps him um, young. Fuck, what, what was it? The name comes and goes. Uh, but anyway, his lair is built... Uh, according to Expanded Universe, Darth Vader's lair on Mustafar is built over an old Sith temple. Okay. So he goes there and he meditates... Gets angry because that's where he lost everything, and gets more powerful and just practices shit. The Sith temples on Mustafar? Uh, well, yeah, there's Sith temples everywhere. Right. But yeah, the, there's like one but he found one. there. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And it's the one that looks like Sauron's tower. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, there's like old. Apparently, this was a planned. Okay, sequence. so he didn't have that like constructed just for him. That was already there. Maybe I'm not sure about that. But, uh, yeah, it could be the whole thing could Build be an old Sith temple. temple. Um, Make it look as evil as possible. That whole sequence was actually a planned sequence for Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. But it was it was scrapped earlier on. Just, you know, the film went in a different way. Interesting. But, uh, but yeah, that whole idea, it's been around in I get, now the Legends canon. But yeah. the Expanded Universe, it's been there. So it's existed for a while. It's just never been shown 
in live action. Okay. So I thought, knowing all that stuff, I was really happy to see that and to see that come to reality. Yeah. I was really pleased with a lot of the cinematography in that movie, as I knew I would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it in IMAX 3D, so <clears throat> it's, it's going to look great no matter what. Oh, it was gorgeous cinematography. But, oh, yes. Yeah. And then, like you were talking about with the scale, when they just show the TIE fighter, and then they show, what was it, the the Star Destroyer. Yeah. And then they show the Death Star, mm-hmm. and just like showing the the scale and you can barely see the TIE fighters flying around anymore and it's great. Or when they show the, the Death Star coming out of warp just like through the like coming yeah, up as like a Yeah, seeing the Death Star move was interesting. Yeah, like, that was crazy. You imagine it kind of stationary. Yeah, no, but it moves. It's yeah. no moon. And at least, you know what, they, they justified the two meter vent which yeah. I think was the biggest takeaway of who designs it this way. Like, if you've got a guy who hates the Empire designing it. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know how anyone didn't catch it. Or maybe they did and they, were, they all hated the Empire. So they're like, eh, screw it. Now, something, back to uh, the Tarkin CGI, though, for a minute. Is uh, the Tarkin CGI, that was the best CGI of a human we have Pretty seen in good. a long time. Yeah. But then good. it gets to the end with the Leia and Princess CGI. Leia comes in. Mm-hmm. Princess Leia's CGI wasn't so good. Yeah. And I, I found that to be very strange in that they I mean, people age and get different and whatnot, and they didn't get her to do the mocap for it. Mm. Um because they just said her face shape and stuff was too different. But uh it's strange it. to me that Tarkins is so much better in that that actor has been dead. I think there's. For some time. I think there's two reasons to that. Number one, Peter Cushing. He does have a huge body of work. Almost looked more cartoonish in yeah. real life. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and not the average Star Wars fan, but the average movie fan might not know who he, who that actor was. Everyone knows like Carrie Fisher's still alive. We mm-hmm. just saw her in Force Awakens. So you're right. brought out of it because you're like, this is some CGI magic. Like. N- the average moviegoer doesn't know who Peter Cushing is or know he's dead and therefore doesn't know he's a CGI character. Mm-hmm. So It not took know- a minute, honestly. Yeah, not I was like, knowing- wait a minute, yeah. okay. Not knowing that, I think, makes it easier to accept that this is, in fact, a person on the screen, you know, talking like that. And then you go into A New Hope and you're like, oh, there's another, like, he almost looked, even in A New Hope, you if you didn't know who he was, you'd be like, this dude has some weird prosthetic cheekbones <laughs> yeah. and stuff. But that's just how that actor looked. So mm-hmm. you could you could watch Rogue One and think, like, they either recreated the makeup or it's the same dude. The same way Palpatine, like, mm-hmm. in the prequels, turns out he was actually, like, that actor's much older at that point and makes a much better, you know... Palpatine. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something for me with uh, the digital humans that gives it away for me, which, again, I'm going into it as a huge Star Wars fan and a huge movie fan. So I'm going to know if an actor's digital or not. Some right. people yeah. aren't. Like, yeah, that's what I'm my saying. My friend the- I went with, he asked me after he's like, You would have thought after all these years that guy playing that commander dude would have been dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, he is. Yeah, that he was digital. Like, that was digital. It was yeah. really well yeah. done. Yeah. And then the Leia. Of course, and, we probably said that about stuff like <laughs> graphic wise, you know, ten years ago. No, but even we like, years, oh my god, that looked amazing. No, but even years ago, like uh, the first real major one of these was Clue in uh, Tron Legacy, or mm. yeah, Tron mm-hmm. Legacy, and even that though, yeah, the Uncanny Valley, yeah, and 
something to me, and it can, wasn't in, as bad in on Tarkin. Tron Legacy. You can get away with it because the entire premise of that is yeah. it's a CG world, right? But something to me always gets given away in the mouth. The way the mouth moves, mm-hmm. it, it looks like somebody Animated somebody's it. mouth that, and I don't know if this because they've done motion capture on the mouth or what, and just fitted it onto the face. But it's almost like the lips are quivering slightly, like somebody that's trying to smile and not cry is how the lips always look to me. And it's very and the lips always give it away to me. Hmm. See, I'd go it's the opposite. It's that it's a little too smooth. I would say you don't have those I real so. life ticks or movements or anything. And you can try and fake and randomize it, but it looks like you're trying to fake and randomize it. Mm. Yeah, it is it is really smooth. But um but no, I, I think whoever they got to do Tarkin was like I, I knew he was fake the entire time, but nothing brought me out of that. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like how Lord of the I think Lord of the Rings holds up to this day. Like I, I haven't gotten the Blu rays for the extended edition. That's my one of my favorite franchises. I've not I've yet to get the Blu rays because the DVDs still look so good. Mm-hmm. But much like Star Wars, then you have the Hobbit movies. Yeah. And they are ten years newer. Mm-hmm. And their CGI looks like shit. It does. <laughs> looks so shitty. Because the practical effects there. Yeah. But, uh, no, something else. Uh, back to my nuggets I, I like to talk the about. Uh, this yeah. movie had so many amazing ones. But uh, I love that it had Gold Leader. Yes. The mm-hmm. old man. Like, I was not expecting that. That, to me, more than anything that happened in this movie, tied it to the original uh, like trilogy more yeah. than anything was the fact that I was watching this and I know that Gold Leader and Wedge Antilles and all these people are out there mm-hmm. but all of a sudden to see Gold Leader yeah. and evidently that was kind of a very last minute thing is Gareth Edwards the director was at Skywalker Ranch and came across from some unused footage it, from the original film. It baffles me that there's still to this day unseen unused Star footage. Wars yeah. footage. Yeah. This was stuff that had never Fuck even you, been Lucas. digitized. Right. Just cockpit footage of this guy in a box rattling back and forth like, yeah. stay on target. It, it, yeah. that, <laughs> but it, on it target. still baffles me that no nerd has uncovered that or George yeah. Lucas hasn't shoehorned it into a <laughs> remastered yeah. remake special edition exclusive version. Well, I think Disney owns that to everything. me is why these new Star Wars movies moving forward are going to be so amazing is because, A, there is so much of this footage that has That's just been, been unseen, yeah. and it's not even digitized that these people will go pilfer through and find to add these little nuggets like this, and then the people they have directing this stuff, they A, have a good team of people behind the scenes, like Kathleen Kennedy, that were there for the originals. Like yeah. they know, They've been there this whole time, and they know how special it is. Mm-hmm. And then you have these new people that are closer to our generation. That they've been watching Star Wars their whole lives. They've grown up with it. And like, if you would have told them when they were eight years old, like, yo, kid, in 20 years, you're going to be directing a Star Wars film. That kid would have started see- right then. Being like, okay, 20 years I'm making a Star Wars film. I'm starting right now. Yeah. And... And they know. I'm gonna get to look at all the unseen like, yeah. footage. It's gonna be amazing. I'm but gonna use these this people shit doing everywhere. it. No one else has ever seen it. These people doing the new movies, like they know how special this is to everybody, and it's spe- and it's special to them. So all of these movies more, moving forward are gonna be fantastic. I think that's interesting because just just as an aside, that might be the, and maybe this is just me being optimistic. That might be the way that movies are going nowadays because yeah. the people that are making them 
are like us. They've been fed up with the shitty ass movies. Now I can't speak for the DC universe because I have I was, no idea what I was the fuck they're bring doing. That up, no idea what the fuck they're doing. But all these Marvel movies have been great, and so far, all the new Star Wars movies have been at least pretty damn good. They've been better than the prequels. Mm-hmm, better than the prequels, and it's because it's not the people that just grew up with Star Wars trying to be like, oh yeah, when I was a kid, I liked this because that was the thing. And then kids like this. And then you get things like Jar Jar Binks. Mm -hmm. And, but now it's us, like people like us who got pissed off at the original trilogy. And so hopefully things will be getting better. And so that's why I think the whole, all of movies are going to be hopefully getting Mm -hmm. better. I always say the same thing about the new Ninja Turtles cartoon is it is clearly the the one on Nickelodeon is written by people who who grew up on the 87 animated series and love the shit out of it but understand that it's goofy and stupid and is absurd but they're like you know what we loved it we respect it we're gonna make we're gonna make rocksteady and bebop Mm -hmm. work like we love them we know who they are Mm -hmm. they were two generic interchangeable goons before but let's 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 strip it down to basics and let's see what what we can do here to make it work without compromising what they are at heart, which is two buffoons. Right. So and I'm they, hoping they I'm hoping you're right. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna call it now. Golden age of I don't know. I like don't want to say culture? everything. Go pop culture. Yeah, maybe you think like a renaissance. Renaissance. Like yeah, golden, golden age already happened. That's true. Yeah. Platinum age. Mm. It'll probably have some dumbass abbreviated term for it that the millennials will come up with they're the worst they are the worst even though i I keep being reminded by (laughs) a generation before me that i am technically on the tail end of millennial so (laughs) see i think i can barely squeeze into this obscure gen y kind of thing because i can can there's a thing we can remember a world without internet i'm 31 i can remember the world pre-internet I mean, pre-internet completely, I don't know, that started before we were born. Well, I mean, on like, I can remember only, my only life Only technically. Well, no, it, I mean, I can remember my life before emails were a common household. Right, before thing. it was common. Yeah, before yeah. it was a big thing. Yeah, no, I remember getting, like, my first computer and it was a big deal. Yeah. Or, like, you know, all when that kind of stuff. When a CD-ROM like, was a thing. I can remember before yeah. you needed a computer for Oh, anything. no, the the five-inch floppies or whatever. Yeah. The big ones, the floppy floppies. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Commodore 64. Oregon I had one of those. Mm-hmm. Green and black. Green and black. That's right. Represent. Can't even say black and white. Cause nope, it was green. Yep. Good old uh, Oregon Trail. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, back to Star Wars. Yeah. Right. For a bit though. Uh, no, for I love that this movie. It set up something because my thinking is I was like, Disney's got, you know, they've got Star Wars Episode Eight, they've got Star Wars Episode Nine, and then they've mm-hmm. got a Han Solo movie in the pipes. This showed that they can tell a standalone story. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it kicks ass. And they've got such a wide range of stuff they could do that I'm like I'm just sitting here like give it to me Disney. It's and I like- and I hope they listen to the fans and give us what we want because A, I would love to see a Kenobi film about bring back Oon McGregor, give me a Tatooine adventure of him running around at his, you know, current age a couple years before, maybe while Rogue One's going on. I don't know. 
as uh well no that couldn't be happened because that would be uh alec guinness but yeah a couple years before that whatever and then i i would love to see them develop a rogue squadron sort of trilogy like Ooh, show us that would be good show it like recast wedge antilles and give us a young wedge um, antilles well no not well you can't do a young one because Younger. rogue squadron wasn't formed until before the battle of hoth mm. after yavin that's true um but no i'm talking to a rogue squadron movie after luke has left because technically luke's last battle with rogue squadron was the battle of hoth so you could do anything okay. essentially but the Battle of Hoth. And, you know, there there's three years between Yavin and uh, the Battle of Yavin and the Battle of Hoth of Rogue Squadron doing all sorts of adventures. That have yet and, to be written. And you don't have to have Luke in there. Like, mm-hmm. the only role you really have to recast would be the Wedge Antilles role. And he's the leader of Rogue Squadron, so recast that role i'm sure you could find somebody that looks like that actor and and he's still alive he just for some reason really hates star wars and doesn't want to come back to the role but uh yeah recast that actor they there's three years there of adventures of you know that is essentially top gun (laughs) yeah right but in the star wars universe yeah and then a kenobi film I would also love to see a, uh, which I think we talked about this on our past episode about our wishful movies, is a Boba Fett film that picks up right after Return of the Jedi of him climbing out of the Sarlacc. I I still don't see the appeal of Boba Fett. He didn't do anything in the movies except stand around and have he a cool He just looks helmet. cool. He, just he does, cool. but I, like, like I, I don't need that of a guy that everyone circle jerks over. Here's what I would like. The Django Fett movie. Yeah. I want to see the movie that is the reason they chose Django Fett in, in episode two. They're like, we decided to clone this Mandalorian. I want to see whatever Django Fett did to make the Camino, the people one. of Camino go, this is the dude we're going to base the entire clone army on. Like That would be good. That's yeah. what I want to see is Boba Fett. He doesn't do shit and he gets eaten by a Sarlacc. You like that costume? Take it back to Django Fett and show me what it was. That he did that got these Kaminoans or Kaminans. Kaminoans? Whoever they are to be like, yeah. this is the dude we're going to base an entire Imperial army on. Like, the he R-rated had to do Star some Wars shit. Movie. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what deep cover or just massacring thing did he do to get their attention? That's the movie I want for I'd Star Wars. I'd love to see that R rated Star Wars movie. Yeah. The Deadpool style one, mm-hmm. but less goofy. That would be good. A Django yeah. movie would be yeah. badass. Yeah, Django. Just yeah. call it Django. I'm over, yeah. I'm over Django Boba Fett. Unchained. I'm over Boba Fett. I've never been on that train, but the Django Fett train I can get yeah. behind. Yeah. Because then at least when you're rewatching them, you can get to episode two and be like, this dude. Mm-hmm. I saw, he did some shit. Like, okay, you can go out like a bitch on, Den- on Genosha. That's that's fine. Because yeah. <laughs> you saw can, the shit you you can hit your head on the slave too, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you know, whatever horrible trauma he suffered in the field, like, which I just saw in the movie that doesn't exist, would be wonderful. I would like to see Tamira Morrison. That's the name of the actor that played Django. Okay. I would like to see him come back, but as a clone. But <laughs> he could come back in the Kenobi as like film. A, as like a Rex or Cody kind yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, like as a Rex or Cody, which for the audience listening you may not know... Those are some clones that figured out they had an implant that caused them to order 
or follow Order 66 and kill yeah. the Jedi, but they took it out. They did. So they ended up being these rogue clones that were still on the good side. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to see one of those make an appearance. Like, you could do that in a Solo Kenobi movie. They Maybe they bunked up on Tatooine for a while together. You know, now, exiled. when you say Solo Kenobi, you mean only Kenobi, not like no, Han Solo, Solo, Ben Kenobi. Kenobi yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah just, Which would be awesome. Yeah, just Obi- Obi-Wan Kenobi. That movie would be missing you know, is Vin with, Diesel. With 40-year-old Oon <laughs> McGregor just yeah. doing, doing some adventure, like fighting a crate dragon. I don't fucking care. Doesn't matter. Just give me something with Oon McGregor in Star Wars World again. Yeah. He was a good that. part of the prequels. I've yeah. that. He's yeah, he did all right. definitely one of the best parts, in my opinion. And you can tell he has so much fun playing that role. He Why loves, wouldn't you? Why yeah. shouldn't you? Yeah. Like well, I mean, Diesel. some people... Like, <laughs> like Vin Diesel, yeah. right. Like Wedge Antilles. That actor didn't like his role. I don't understand why. Yeah, who's actually in McGregor's, like, uncle or something like that. Weird. Yeah. Huh. Did not know that. Hmm. But I'm going to wrap us up here. All right. All right. Do you guys have anything... You guys want to close out on? I mean, go see, go see it. Rogue One. Yeah, I mean, we've ruined it for it. you, definitely. but it's... Yeah, no, yeah. go see it anyway. It is a, go see it, it now, again. Go see it, it again. Is a visual I'm going to go treat. see it again right now. Don't... And I'll say this not just about Rogue One, but any movie. I'm not sold on the 3D train and You don't the need it. But, but, go hard or go home. Do yeah. this IMAX... This movie was good in 3D. Do IMAX 3D. Yeah. Not regular 3 Do... It, it can be seen in your standard 2D, regular, whatever, just fine. If you're going to go for 3D, spend. you're already spending the money for 3D. At that point, it's $1 more to do IMAX. You may as well. Do the IMAX. Yeah. Regular 3D, you may as well just not. I mean, just yeah. just do standard. Yeah, IMAX save the money on regular standard. 3D, and if you're decided you have the purse strings to do 3D, go for the real purse strings and do the IMAX. Mm-hmm. I saw in that big D. I, if I you liked see, them then. Eh. Yeah. Well, if just you have, you see IMAX 3D. Yeah, if you have just IMAX, I would recommend that as well. But I'm, regu- ass- I'm assuming I mean, otherwise we'll get just this do here. standard. I'm assuming our IMAX here will get this come April. Similarly, the aquarium. I hope so. Similarly see it to how definitely the how they got the Force them. Awakens last year. Yeah. Because our IMAX so has good. a thing where they pretty much, because of education grants and stuff, they pretty much can't get. Uh, anything, any box office mainstream movie, unless it is like, yeah, this is definitely going to make money. Mm-hmm. Right. Star and Wars I want to say they Star sold Wars out. will always make money. This may not be accurate, but I want to say they sold out damn near every showing they had of that last year. Damn. Like, not just it. the first couple days, but like every one. I believe it. Because, yeah. I mean, that that is the most high definition piece of media so I've good. ever watched. Oh, my God. Was on the and then when the, the highest of definition. vertically, yeah. too, I wasn't ready yeah. for that. Oh my god, and the explosions were oh my god. Oh my god. I just yeah. I just came a little keep it at half mass there, buddy. Can't. It's too late. Episode, <laughs> it's already dropping episode, back down to half mass. Episode eight, they're shooting entirely on on IMAX. So, Good. Yeah. That'll be that, amazing. That, that whole vertical stretch oh will god, be the entire so film. It'll be, be fantastic. So I don't even care if it's good. It's just gonna be beautiful. Yeah, it'll it's be amazing. Be so beautiful. But uh, I'm gonna look like Carrie Fisher right in that picture. <laughs> You no, know uh, yeah, I will. Anyway, Tits and all. this has been fun. Go see Rogue One again. Mm-hmm. And we will catch you guys next week where we will actually probably have more than one episode because we've got a Christmas episode coming That's right. out. Yeah, Merry Christmas. And uh, yeah, go, go read bit. our written review for Rogue One as well as listen to this. Yeah. So this yeah. has been episode 44. May the force be with you.
of the Maybe Brew the Chat Podcast. 44s be with you. 44s be with you.